Hey, Greyhounds fans, thanks for listening to another episode of the Hounds Huddle Podcast on MoravianSports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am LJ Smith, the Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University, and on this episode, I sat down with the head coach of the women's lacrosse program, Caroline Pape. On this episode, we'll talk about finding the love for the sport of lacrosse, her days as a student athlete, and concluding with her first year at the helm of the Greyhounds women's lacrosse program. So let's get this episode started and meet our guest, head women's lacrosse coach, Caroline Pape. Hey, Greyhounds fans, thanks for tuning in to the Hounds Huddle Podcast, streaming live on MoravianSports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you get your podcast. My guest for this episode, head women's lacrosse coach Caroline Pape. How are you doing today, Caroline? I'm good. Thank you, LJ. Happy to be here. Very exciting to have you on. You concluded your first season at the helm of the Greyhounds women's lacrosse squad. We'll get to that shortly, <laughs> as it was very successful for your first season. Uh, but first, we'll kind of learn about your journey on how you got here, but also your time as a student athlete and how you even kind of developed the love of the sport of, of lacrosse. Awesome. So we'll get started with the first question here. Was lacrosse the first sport you learned how to play? Was there anything else that kind of influenced you before learning what lacrosse was? Yeah, lacrosse actually wasn't my first sport. I didn't get started with it until about the third or fourth grade. I was a huge soccer fan. I always thought that was what I was going to do looking towards college. I always played basketball, but I was a little, a little too small for that, but just enjoyed, enjoyed the pace of the game. And I think I've tried about every other sport there is, tennis, golf, all of them. I was playing as many sports as I could all throughout high school and always a three-sport athlete. And I, I credit that a little bit to the love of lacrosse that grew too, because I think, you know, the specialization everybody has and the younger, you know, it, more intensity of the sports, I don't know if I would have loved it as much as I do if I didn't still get to participate in other sports. And I think that lended to my, you know, athletic ability even a little bit more. But as soon as I started lacrosse, I, I definitely fell in love with it. It was actually my dad who got me started. He played lacrosse throughout his life and at a club program for his college. And he actually started the nonprofit club for kindergarten through eighth graders in my town. So he really brought it to... Wow to everyone, you know, myself and all my friends. He introduced my, my town itself to the game. And at a time when lacrosse was not as prevalent, especially compared to what it is now, it was really cool. It was obviously very new for everyone. Like, what is this, like, stick we're, like, all thrown around? But it was awesome. And, you know, having him as a coach, too, that relationship, that dynamic is always interesting. But I'm even more thankful for it now and just – the fact that that's how it started, and that program is is still established today, the Spartan Girls Lacrosse Club in uh, Springfield, Pennsylvania. It's it's very cool. It's where I got my start with coaching too, and that's where I played through all the way to high school till it got a little more serious. That is incredible. <laughs> the fact that you were having that exposure at such a young age, but the fact that it was your father being able to kind of take you and a bunch of your friends just teach you something new was that was that like. A draw to you that you no one's really knows what it is but your dad has an interest so you're like let's let's go after it let's like make this something Def, uh, a huge draw that you know is even me more meaningful for me now I mean as a an eight to ten year old I think it's kind of hard to grasp 
the, you know, especially the longevity that it's given me as a whole career, but my dad and I are very similar and I'm very thankful for that. And like, we have a lot of the same interests and in sports in general across being one of them that no one in my town, no one in my family, my extended family had really had as much experience with and just being such a conceptual athletic sport, like it kind of tied in everything I liked in about all the other sports that I played. And the fact that my dad had such knowledge and experience in it itself definitely is meaningful now and it was even meaningful then as well. So you mentioned you're a three sport athlete in high school. So what, what were those sports? Soccer, basketball, lacrosse. So you're you're a three sport athlete, you're you're on the field, you're nonstop the entire year, but you have that love for lacrosse. Were there any maybe options, avenues of playing basketball or soccer in college, or did you just have that feeling like lacrosse was the way to go? I probably could have done it. And, like, even, you know, think of my time at FDU, I was, like, every season rolled around, and I'm like, should I do soccer this time? Like, should I try it? But especially throughout my high school career, like, I'm so thankful that I was able to play all three sports. And that kind of almost kept me from the specialization early on. I didn't participate in a, a club program after that Spartan Girls Lacrosse Club, which ended in eighth grade. I began coaching in high school then. And I didn't really have an interest in, in playing that more intense club lacrosse until the summer before my senior year of high school, which is kind of what dove into the recruiting aspect. But I was kind of just enjoying my time with all my sports and being present in, in the season that was going on at the time and I honestly didn't really give it much thought until lacrosse season rolled around and you know I was asked to play for a club team for that one summer and kind of kick-started that whole process and I was like you know what yeah I think I would really like to do this I don't want to give up sports. And being a part of three different programs different coaches what do you think that did for you as as a young adult trying to figure out what you want to do with with yourself because having that many influences is incredible that they could be able to kind of mold and teach you different things that you can translate into all of those sports. Exactly. I, I think it was huge. I mean, I definitely got used to a lot of different coaching styles and it's a lot of coaches that, you know, I had had from a young age or throughout my entire high school, middle, middle school career but I think it, it left me to be a lot more present in the sport I was at instead of worrying so much about the coaching style or whatever. I consider myself a very coachable player because I just wanted to play the game. I would you know, do what my coaches tell me and have that trust that they were you know, pointing me in the right direction, giving me the right advice, and I could just go out on the field, use my speed, and chase whatever ball was in season at time. So <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely lended to to that love for lacrosse even more because I definitely always not favored those coaches, but because I loved the sport so much, I was even more intrigued into all of the knowledge and strategy that goes into all sides of the ball and lacrosse. And I think it drew me a little bit more, but I have a lot of respect for the coaches I did have. And I didn't even realize like, it's so funny always looking back and seeing how much of an impact is actually there too. That's incredible. Now you mentioned playing club lacrosse your senior year which led into recruiting. What was it like for you being recruited? Were you heavily recruited? What was that like for, for you? Yeah, it was an interesting process. And I always look back, I mean, especially nowadays, like who's to say if I even would have gotten recruited playing only one summer before senior year. But at the time when I was going through that, like 
it definitely it gave me the opportunity to play in college that I probably wouldn't have had. It was just one summer. It was like three to four tournaments that I was like, yeah, I'll like help you guys out. Like I don't even think I really understood the process when I was going in it, but I went to these tournaments and I started getting emails. I wasn't super heavily recruited, I would say, but I had an, a nice list of schools going on, like D3 schools still looking to fill their classes at the time, FDU being one of them, and I started touring campuses, getting a little more serious, and oh, this is what I want to do. I have the total ability to do this at the next level and kind of go from there. So it was very cool, and it, it does make me think of like, oh, if I, if I got started in this earlier on in my high school career, you know, what could have been? but it's not really a regret for me because I, I think it happened exactly how it needed to. And being able to be that versatile, really, as you alluded to multiple times, the spe specialization, you could lose that love for the sport and being able to just kind of be where you are in that moment each season allowed you to just realize this is exactly what you wanted to do. You have one year of club and it turned into you going to FDU Florham to start your collegiate career. So exactly. what, what was going through your head? You, you're going through all these campus tours and you're like, FDU Florham's where I want to go. Coaching staff, campus, what, what, what was the selling feature for you? Yeah, the coaching staff, definitely, I, I felt comfortable with off the bat and, and related to, and I loved the history of their program as well and the fact that they had been around for a while. But the campus is, is what I really fell in love with there too. I mean, it's an arboretum in and of itself, the huge mansion there, the fields that are only even nicer now that they, they added more on. But the campus itself is, is definitely what drew me. It reminded me a little bit of home, but far enough away that my parents could come to games, but I wasn't running home every weekend. So Good. And and that's the thing. You played four all four seasons, correct? Yep. And I have a couple stats here uh, just to uh, talk a little bit about your career. Yep. Uh, you finished in 2019, so you're a 2019 graduate. Correct. You were named the Mac Freedom Conference Offensive Player of the Year, scoring 53 goals and tacking on 50 assists. You were the third player in the history of FDU to achieve 100 points or more in a single season, which also led you to be the All-Mac Freedom First Team, the IWLCA All-Region First Team, and All-ECAC First Team. Thinking back from high school and your college playing career, hearing just those accolades, what goes through your head? All the hard work, everything that you had to put into it, what, what, what's, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's just pure appreciation and still excitement. It still hypes me up. And, you know, as corny as it sounds like, I think I just trusted the process through all of that. I'm a big believer in, like, what's meant to happen is going to fall into place, especially after, you know, kind of spearheading the lacrosse in college right off the bat with that, just letting it happen and, you know, taking an opportunity that was given to me I was unsure about and kind of seeing where it went. And it led to me sitting in this chair, thankfully. So, you know, hearing all those accolades too, like, it, it hypes me up. I mean, I had a, a fantastic career at FDU in the college experience in general, and I'm glad, you know, lacrosse could reflect that too. And it just shows the growth I was able to have through each season too, which is what I want to give to my girls and, and hopefully have them feeling the same way, accolades or, or not without this. But I definitely look back and, you know, the more I coach, the more experience I get, I even reflect on, you know, how big those accolades are and what they do mean. And at the time I was just, you know, appreciative to get some recognition. It's always nice to, to hear that people are seeing the effort that you're putting in and, 
it's it's very exciting to me. It still will be, but again, like it makes me even more proud of like the direction that FDU is going and that I was able to impact a program that already had so many impactful players and a consistency of, of making the conference tournament finals and be able to lend to that and keep it going for a little longer was great. And you're no stranger to John McAvick Field either. You did play, I believe it was 2018. I think so. Uh, 20, 2019 was the last one. I think I did 20. I played here twice, actually, okay. which was fun. I actually found that when I was scrolling through pictures for, for alumni this season and saw an FDU game. And I, there's a picture of, of the hill that my parents are literally yep. sitting in from my <laughs> freshman year. So it brought me back a little. I didn't even remember that I had been here so many times and is even funnier to see. But 2019 is definitely not one I will forget. You want to talk a little bit, expand on, on what happened in that game? Yeah, so <laughs> that that was one of the most fun games of my career, <laughs> despite the loss. But <laughs> I'm on the right side of it now. <laughs> but, you know, coming into that game, the previous coach before me here had actually we played for the same coach so I knew that that rivalry was lasting a little bit between the coaches at the time so I just wanted to go out and and give it my all and work for my coach especially at the time and you know being a senior season like nothing to lose like this is a competitive game we were excited for just a little bit more on it than a normal game and coming in you know it was just a lot of fun and I, I didn't even anticipate like I wasn't going out there trying to get as many many goals or anything break a record but that's just kind of how the game flowed and I was just feeling extra fast that day <laughs> and it worked out for me. That That's such a cool experience and I, I remember when when you were hired using a photo of you actually participating on John McAvick Field against one of your current student athletes that you were about to take over. So that just kind of full circle of, of everything. It's just such a unique, very cool aspect of the fact that you're so young in this field and you get to coach players that you actually faced when you actually, when you played on campus here. So we'll, we'll get into the coaching side because you finish your career at FDU. Did you know coaching was what you wanted to do? What was your first job after being a student athlete? Yeah, I definitely knew, like, from when I was young, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't really want to be inside an office all day. I wanted to be outside. I, I wanted to be involved in sports. And, you know, I started coaching in high school. I always kind of debated teaching, whatever, and, and coaching kind of was just an even better step of that, getting to teach a sport to mm -hmm. a bunch of athletes outside on the field and still play it. Like, that's the that's the dream for me. Like, it worked out really well, and just the timeline of as I graduated from FDU, I knew both of the assistants that I had were leaving, and there was space opening up. So as that season kind of wound down, I decided to be the assistant there, and I also decided to attend Seton Hall and pursue my master's degree, so kind of paired the two of them, but still getting to be involved in the sport. And, you know, the more I did it, the more I loved it. And there was a time I was still debating between, like, do I go back to school? Like, do I stick in the sports psych route? But I was always doing that because I wanted to tie it in with what I was able to coach and how I was able to coach the athletes at the time. So what – I guess I'll, I'll phrase this into two questions here. When did you know you believed you had what it took to become a head coach? Were there people that influenced you, any mentors that really helped you get to where you are now? 
Definitely. I, I wouldn't be here without them. I mean, the relationships I've created in the lacrosse world in and of itself is, is part of the reason I never want to leave it. But having the mentors I do, the coach I played for at, at FDU, Adrian Carr, and then the coach I ended up working with at FDU, Evan Mager, I mean, they're two of my biggest mentors, friends as well, that definitely, like, I don't know if I would have been as confident going for these roles and this one specifically if I didn't have like the confidence that they had in me telling me I was ready and that I could handle this and dive right into it. Like I knew it would be a challenge and I knew it's not something I'd done before, but I had been coaching for long enough in an assistant role. And at the time coming into FDU, beginning work with Coach Mager, you know, he started the same time I did at FDU as a coach. So we kind of got to refresh the program in that sense and really tackle everything together, which gave me even more confidence to that. And definitely they, you know, throughout the whole entire process, I'm calling them before, you know, chatting about what I could say in the interview questions, nerves, and they just kept me confident the whole time and, and really emulated the feeling and, and gave me the insurance that, no, I am ready for this. You can do this. Now, this happened before you were hired here, but as an assistant, you had to deal with a global <laughs> pandemic. So what, how, how did that work for you as an assistant in helping lead a program such, through such a difficult and weird, confusing time for student-athletes? Yeah, uh, it was definitely tough. And I won't lie and say that, you know, I'm glad I was able to be an assistant at that time and, and you know, support someone in that role without the total pressure of something unknown for the entire world, let alone how to run a program through something that no one has seen before. But I'm, I'm very thankful I was able to support during that because it's something that no one has gone through. It was kind of an up and down roller coaster. I mean, we came back from our spring break trip. We had a fantastic trip as a team, flew away, we got back to the airport, we touched down, and we didn't go back to campus for about a year, which is crazy to think about. I mean, that it even happened. It, so it ended, you know, mid-season on a really great note for us if it had to, but then everyone dispersing, being at home, not being able to go anywhere, it was interesting. And I think being on a team in that regard, like, really – was amazing and helpful and supportive through that for myself and to be able to be that for the players and for the head coach and the other coaches like still having that team to hold on to when everyone is in a quarantine and a pandemic it met the world like it was it was interesting the dynamics of how it all had to be played out all on zoom you know zoom sessions for stick work and you know just touching base with the players making sure everyone is staying connected and thinking of new ways through social media and you know texting zooms itself on how to keep the team connected as a team how to keep the girls connected individually just being creative just being creative and a, and a totally new way too which was definitely an interesting challenge and helpful to have during that kind of lockdown time and there were times where I wasn't you know able to be on campus and able to be as big of a part with you know university dynamics that I wanted to but it was still invaluable to have that team and role during that craziness. Well we'll get into you starting as Moravian's head coach in just a second we'll hear a word from our sponsors and get in to how your first season went here at Moravian University, so stay tuned. 
What can you do with business phone from Penteladata? Make a conference call from the coffee shop. Or connect from the back nine. With unlimited phone services, 24-hour support, and mobile synergy, our cloud-based technology makes it easy to do business from anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. No more being stuck in the office. Which is great for everyone, I think. Add cloud-based business phone service from Penn Teledata. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is perfect for any stay. The finely appointed rooms and suites are complemented by excellent dining choices featuring Chef Michael Adams, the tap room for drinks and casual fare, or an upscale dining experience with a view at 1741 on the terrace. For business meetings, visit our Executive Conference Center, stop by our women's boutique for a selection of fashion and jewelry, or grab a cone at our Hotel B ice cream parlor. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is where our history will make the memory of your stay last a lifetime. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link Sideline Store under the tab Fan Zone to find our Moravian Apparel Store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic Sideline Store today, powered by BSN Sports. And we're back with head women's lacrosse coach Caroline Pape. And we're get, we just covered all of your before Moravian, including a couple of games sprinkled in here and there as an opponent. But now you're hired as the head women's lacrosse coach at Moravian University, transitioning from college to university, uh, in September. So you step in right into a non-traditional season. What was that experience like for you? Because you also have to get to know the team on top of practice. Exactly. Uh, it was it was a whirlwind of a time, and I think it happened in a great way. It didn't allow me too much time to overthink anything and just kind of, you know, that's what I want. I want to come to campus. I wanted to meet the team right away and uh, definitely provide them, you know, a full experience of what a lacrosse season should be, non-traditionally included, you know. The, the 16 days we get the practice and being together as a team, they had a month where they didn't even know if they would have a fall ball, who their coach would be. So I wanted to give that to them right away as it would have been had they had a coach, you know, throughout the entire summer and throughout the entire fall. So I'm glad I was able to hit the ground running and, and get here and meet them right away. And it was even easier for me to get to, you know, start up a fall ball right away and see them on the field and how they play together, how they play in general and go through certain situations and where they're all that. And I think it helped me learn them a lot to see them on the field and then to get to see them off the field as well and dive right in, in a sense. And it's funny, you know, looking back, I thought I knew them pretty well after the fall. And then we get to the spring a few weeks in, and I'm like, now I really know you guys. Yeah. Like, I thought I thought I had a pretty good grasp, and I had a good introduction. But, yeah, I definitely got to know them even better as the, the spring went on and, you know, just lear I learned a ton this year in general, starting from the fall on what I want our culture to look like, our play in general and how we play with each other and just the overall atmosphere of a off season and in season, a winter, you know, break. So I think it, it was great and did, again, didn't allow me too much time to overthink. I think I was able to process in the right steps at the right times and made it all work out. I remember sitting in the conference room via Zoom when you and when we introduced you to the team and the excitement of of 
what will be your team on your this is going to be your program they seem to be already bought in they were so excited and like you haven't really even been in person with them yet so did you feel that energy even though it was from zooms and like through your throughout your interview process I did obviously zoom never lends the full thing but that was when it really hit me like this is my program now. This is like our program that we're stepping into. And just to see that level of excitement, I know I felt the same way. And just like you said, it felt like they had already bought in. They were excited to finally have a coach and they were bought into what they wanted the season to look like before I even got there, which is, you know, invaluable coming in and made my job even easier to kind of jump right in and collaborate with them and what they wanted and show them what I could give to them. But feeling that excitement, you know, that's that's part of sports. It's part of the, part of games, part of practices, and just the excitement in general. It it meant the world to see that right off the bat, and to have it match and even exceed my own at times was. I'm very thankful for that. So we move towards the spring, and you announce your captains, which was your entire senior class, the seven. Um, what led to that conversation of having your the senior class lead? your program yeah so speaking back to the beginning too like before we even you know met before I was determined as the coach the seniors and you know talking with them after I was hired learning all of this they were such a unified group of seven which is not easy to get seven people seven college girls on the same page I came from a program where my senior year there were no captains it was nine of us trying to lead the team and it was tough so I didn't want to put them in a situation like that, but coming in and having conversations with them as a unit of seven and hearing how they literally became a united front for themselves. They knew, you know, without a coach for a month on campus, new freshmen coming in, life still going on, they wanted to keep a certain relationship, a certain culture, and even refresh it a bit on their own from that time that we could then cultivate even more once I got there. So throughout seeing them in the fall and in the spring, we talked about what choosing captains could look like, how we could do it. But it just felt like, and especially after confirming this with them, you know, the unity they were able to have, the cohesiveness as a group of seven and support in a little bit of different leadership styles from some of them. I think it kind of emulated what we wanted, the whole cohesiveness of the team to look like. And I didn't want that to change it all by naming captains or anything. I think they were all individually as as seven people and together as a group of seven were leading very well and supporting the underclassmen and the vision of the team in general. So I didn't feel the need to change any of that. And I think those seven from what they did in their recent years to especially this year and the off season and the fall, I think they all deserve to have that, that leadership title there. Playing their own role within their group of seven it, it's so unique it's it seems like such a big number but the fact that they were on the same page they all bought into what culture you wanted to bring but also it had to be a similar culture to what they wanted to kind of encapsulate so exactly. the fact that they were able to do that and buy in together moving into the season had to make you feel so like grateful that this was going to be a seamless transition for yourself as a first-time head coach. Uh, it did. I, I give them all the credit for that, too. I mean, they, like I said, you know, in, in certain aspects were bought in before I got here, and, and we had very similar 
visions and on culture, on competition, and just team dynamics in general that I came in and, you know, we were on the same page on a lot of things off the bat, which is something I think in lacrosse and just in sports, you always need to be on the same page. And seeing that, like, it did. It made my job so much easier seeing where their heads were at in terms of how they want to support the underclassmen themselves and how they know they need to lead as that group of seven, but with obviously individual aspects in regards to certain situations as well. Like it made my job a thousand times easier and it really helped spark that culture of the team too that we did agree on from the bat, which only helped too. So we get into the season opener. You open with no one else besides Muhlenberg, which is a big rival here at Moravian. And you step on the sideline for the first time. What's going through your head as you're about to take over a program, your first program as a first-time head coach? I like goosebumps thinking about it for you, but what's going through your head, even though the result wasn't exactly what you wanted? I'm not going to get into it too much <laughs> with you right now. <laughs> Thank you. But thinking about the emotion side of it for you and that group. Yeah, it was surreal for sure. I mean – to step on that field, like especially being the only coach there too, and the girls did an incredible job and with patience of having just me as a coach. And I think it even lended to the relationships I was able to create with them even more. But stepping onto that first game, you know, after three weeks to a month of preseason two, it's like, when are we gonna when are we gonna play? When are we gonna play? Like we're just ready to play. So I think we were at that point, and I think stepping onto the field too, I was definitely nervous, but I have a lot of confidence in my team as individuals and you know the skill they had showed me as a team too. So I was very excited to see that translate into an actual competitive game. And it was interesting because beginning of the season, you know, you can't do a ton of scouting. No games have been played yet. You can't see what the other team's going to throw at you. So it definitely left a little bit of a, an element of surprise in there. that and especially I, since they didn't play the season before, I believe, with Centennial. So, like, exactly. you, so some of those student-athletes you haven't seen or been able to scout, let alone you've been here for a couple months. So I can see how that would have been very difficult right off the bat for a first match to not exactly know what's coming at you. Exactly. And it definitely – it lended to a little bit of pressure, but I think it eased it also. I, there was nothing for me to overthink. There was no more practices to be had. It was, we're going to go out, we're going we, we're gonna to do what we've been working on, we're going to adjust as we need to in the each quarter and see what we're able to do in this first showing. And the result is not, <laughs> the result is not what, what we wanted. And, you know, we, we didn't help ourselves out in the end and – you know, some foul trouble, some some turnovers, but I think it really showed me how hard we can fight in each game too. Coming back from two deficits throughout the game to finally have the lead, and there are so many things that I personally know I could have done better in that game and learned a lot specifically from that game too. Should have called a time <laughs> that in that fourth quarter, and I'll beat myself up about that for a while. But overall, like, I think it lit a fire under us, too, to know, okay, first game, we know how hard we can play. We know we can dig ourselves out of a hole if we put ourselves in it, which unfortunately we did again <laughs> and again. But I think it just lended to the level of competition. It got the jitters out for everybody, not just me. I mean, playing against non-conference opponents again, freshmen stepping out on the field for their first time. Sophomores, everyone, really, sophomores too. Sophomores, like. really, too, yeah. And everyone stepping out on the field 
with me as their coach, with this as what our team is, I think it was a lot more excitement than pressure. Mm-hmm. And again, not the outcome we wanted, but it showed us a lot of things about ourselves that we were able to carry through the rest of the season. So you go from one non-conference road match to another against a nationally ranked program, falling by just a single goal deficit, but you finally open up at home against U.S. Coast Guard Academy on a Sunday, last day of spring break. You're stepping on your field, and I say your field, as the head coach, and you come out with a victory, your first career victory as a head coach. What what emotions was that like? Because it meant something to you, obviously, but to see the camaraderie of the team afterwards, what did that mean to you? It's, it's very special. It still gets me so excited. I'm grinning ear to ear. I mean, the girls at that point, too, like Christopher Newport was a hard-fought game for us. Correct. Definitely, like, that was an opponent they had experience with. They knew they could play hard. And, again, there's always things I would change looking back at the film. But after going 0-2 in the beginning, like, the way the girls were working and, and putting the effort in, like, we were ready for a win. And I wanted that so bad for us, and I knew we could get it. And stepping out onto our field, like, it was a sur- surreal feeling again. Like, the girls were fired up more than I had ever seen them to be back at home and finally get a home game. You know, Elise Downey made the best warm-up I've heard in my days <laughs> and added in some great, you know, one-liners, just a great mix of songs and it got the girls going even more but just that home atmosphere and all the families the fans being there you and Dave announcing like it made it so much even better and that was another game still early on in the season we knew a little bit more of what to expect being able to scout the Coast Guard team but a team that none of us have had experience with it was a little bit more of that not knowing what to expect but we know what we can expect from ourselves and we were able to do that and it it felt very good and it was like I said it was time for a win and we we earned that one too we were ready for it so you win that game you win the next two games you end up winning five consecutive landmark conference matches what really started to click for the team? Because now you're, you're more familiar with each other. Things are going well at practice. And you mentioned this earlier, you're doing this by yourself. So you don't have an assistant to really lean on. The team is literally helping you, and you're helping them every single time you're out on that field. So things are starting to click. What, what, what's, what started going right for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on with saying, like, the team helped me a ton. And that's my coaching style anyway, obviously – the extra eyes to someone I can say, hey, what do you think of this? Like, that is so valuable. But I was able to do that with my team too, which is important to me with or without an assistant. They're the ones on the field. They're the ones who need to be able to see what's in front of them and do it. I can't always count that they'll hear me shouting from the sidelines or see me jumping up and down. So I think that we were able to have that level of communication really supported all of that. And I think just being back at home, having a win under our belts and like you said, getting more comfortable with each other and how we were going to play and, and what we were going to see. I think that really helped us connect even more. You know, the girls were getting comfortable back playing games and at that schedule and timeline of it as well. And I think the more experience we got in that, the more competitiveness we were able to expel on the field and battle with some teams. But the more we were able to click some things together, lacrosse is a, a huge game of momentum and we were able to create that for ourselves 
as teammates, coach to player, and, you know, bring that to our games after two that I think really lended to how we're able to play on the field. And we we're a little up and down in consistency for a lot of games, but we had that standard of we know how we can play as a team. We know what we need to do and how we need to be feeding off of each other and aware of certain things to kind of play at the level we know we can. So we were definitely able to reach that a lot and more so as the season went on too. With those five conference victories, you secure the fourth consecutive Landmark Conference t tournament berth for this program. And you've done it in your first season as a head coach. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you being able to take up over a program that has seen success and make them just as successful. It's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. It's very validating and it's just rewarding. I mean, that was the goal I had coming in. You know, the program has historically made it to that semifinal game when their first postseason game the year before I got here and coming in and especially not having an assistant. I didn't want that to be an effect on anything. And I want to bring the program only further than it's been. So being able to reach the same benchmark and have the season that we did, it, like I said, it's it's very satisfying. It's very rewarding. And I'm glad that the girls, like I was able to give them to that too and help them earn that for themselves because that's exactly the level they're at. That's exactly the skill they're at. And like I said, I only want to go, we're, we're beating Scranton in my tenure, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm not leaving until I do. Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later though Correct. that that happens. But just to be able to, to keep the program as competitive and growing as it was, it it means so much. And, like, again, those were some of my goals coming in that I know are even more reachable now, which is, is a good feeling to have. So you conclude your first season in the Landmark Conference Tournament, finishing 8-10 and 10 with a class of seven seniors. What does this group mean to this program? What mark have they been able to leave, especially during your first year of your tenure, but going through a pandemic, all these other things, obstacles that could have been in their way? What has this group meant to the program, but you in your first year? Yeah. I mean, the list of what they had to go through is so long. And the, the mentalities of positivity, the competitive spirit that they still have, it it made my job even easier, like we've said. And this group of seven is just an amazing group of, of people, an amazing group of athletes. And I can't imagine what, what the start of this career for me would have been with without each of those seven. I mean, they have forever impacted me and how I will coach and, and the energy I want to have, the competitiveness I want to, you know, have remain and elevate for this program. And just the impact, like I said, they've had on me. I will forever be a, a better coach that continues to grow because of the start they were able to give me and the buy-in they were able to give me from the start. And I'm just, again, so thankful that I got to coach them for one last year and for it to be their last year and to have a new coach come in and, and change some things, have a new, a new style, play a new game, and just what they were able to do with it, like, I'm so I'm so glad that we were able to reach that same height and and even better in a sense in a lot of ways. But those seven, I mean, not just this year have they impacted the program. I mean, Meg Moore and and Lindsey Stroll and Sammy Charrington have been impact players on the field since their freshman year, and that entire class has just elevated the culture of the program and kept the skill level growing each year since they got in. Their freshman year really was 
a great, you know, kind of lift for the program to when they were seniors and, and being as competitive with Scranton, with Catholic, securing usually that third seed and now fighting for this two seed that we are, but historically making those playoff spots, it's huge. I mean, they've impacted just not the skill level and pace of the program, but the way they played, the way they supported their teammates and collaborated with me and were able to be an example and a voice for all of that, it's, it's going to carry the culture of this program even higher. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention any accolades that your squad has has earned. Lindsey Stroll, Sammy Charenson, and Jackie Salvatore taking home Landmark Conference awards uh, for first and second team. Jackie Salvatore taking home Rookie of the Year, which is definitely a feat uh, for sure. Lindsey Stroll breaking numerous records with 100 career points and goals. Uh, also named to the IWLCA second all-region team. So a lot of these accolades two of them seniors, especially Jackie Salvatore, really stepping in her own. We, we've talked about her at length in post-game interviews and the like. How bright is the future under the, I will say, Pape era? One of those lines from that Thank wonderful you. mix. Yes, I love it. I mean, the future is so bright. This freshman class, now sophomores, are, are highly skilled, highly athletic, and that's only going to be elevated with the support they have from their upperclassmen, too, who have the best energy Yes, we lost seven seniors, but, you know, I, I've tried for so long to convince them for a fifth year. They're not having it, but <laughs> okay. they, you know, they showed us what what we want for the program on the field and off the field. And the depth that we have had this year, like, I'm so excited. Like, we have Keeks returning. We have Liv Williams and Elise Downey and Liv Schmidt and our whole group that will just hit that ground running like we did this year. And especially as they get, you know, fill those roles of the seniors that left, I'm very confident that we can be at the same level. And with this freshman class, now sophomores, I am so excited to see how they're able to grow and just keep literally being as, as threatening and as dynamic and athletic as they are on the field. Like, Jackie senior year, I can't even imagine. <laughs> like, it's such an exciting thought to me. And, you know, just the fact that they are – so excited to learn and to grow in a game that, you know, I tell them, like, the best players in the world, Charlotte North in college, like, this is a game that there is so many different pieces of strategy, X's and O's, techniques of wrist strength, of how you hold and maneuver your stick. There's so much to learn and very constantly. Intricate. Yeah. Very intricate. There's so much to learn to rep. And the fact that they recognize that on their own and already, like, it's so exciting into where we can elevate to. And that's just moving forward. You have a lot of potential and growth, and the fact that you've seen that from your underclassmen has to get you so excited for what could be coming, not just next year, but now you're able to recruit student-athletes that you want to bring in that fit that mold. Exactly. So what does that look like moving forward for you? Exactly. Like, And we have a fantastic mold that, again, is like when I'm looking for recruits, obviously I'm looking for skill level, but I'm looking for someone who can buy into what we're, what we're aiming for competitively and who will fit in with the girls we have. Because I did. I got very lucky with the group of girls I do have personally and athletically. So finding girls that will fit in, who will challenge them and challenge each other, challenge themselves, I think is super exciting. And 
you know, everyone on the team that too. It's just so excited for who's coming in and for where we are going as a program that, again, that, that semifinal wall we've been hitting, that's, that's coming down as soon as possible. And that, that barrier with, with Catholic, you know, they are not out of reach for us. And we are really going to be continuing to fight for those spots the whole time and bringing in recruits that will have that same energy and same passion for the sport. And, you know, the college experience in general here at Moravian is, is great and lends you so much for your future educationally and having this opportunity to play competitively as we are athletically, you know, I think that there's there's a lot here to, to buy into, and I don't think it's that hard here at Moravian either from what I've seen as well and been able to do myself. So I see us, I see us elevating a lot, growing each year as you want to when you're a, a student athlete and as I want to continue doing as a coach as well. And I definitely think what can contribute to that is the strength of your non-conference schedule you faced at least two nationally ranked programs, Catholic being one of them. You had Christopher Newport. You had TCNJ, who was in still playing, I believe. So Final like four you already. had the competition level there. You've been able to see how they're able to compete. Now it's just fine-tuning those things of like, all right, this is what you, – you've seen it now. You're like, this is what we can do to build off of that. How – excited are you, you do you want to get back on the field right now if you could yes yes <laughs> I wish no I and I told to tell the girls like it's so it was such an abrupt ending that like I was telling them before we finished like I get to see you guys six days a week right now I don't know what I'm gonna do when you leave. <laughs> like I would be back on the field in a heartbeat with them and I'm so excited to be and they feel the same excitement which only energizes me even more you know, coming into seeing that schedule was exciting and a little bit daunting because mm. I've had experience with a lot of those teams. They're big names, some of those teams. But, you know, people are joking, like, why did you make that schedule? Why did you do that to yourself? And I was like, I did not make it, but I'm very, very glad it, it ended up the way it did. And it was like that. It, you know, kept us confident that we can play at a certain level. We belong at a certain level and can go even higher than that. We're going to see a very similar, identical in a lot of ways, non-conference schedule next year. Some redemption coming for, for Muhlenberg, for Stockton, for, for all the other teams that we can compete with and we can challenge very hard and we can use that to get ourselves more confidence and, and elevate it even further in our pace of play and in where we're able to go skill-wise. Caroline, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me about how you got here to Moravian, being a student athlete, that experience for you, but also being able to dive in headfirst in your first first season as a head coach. I'm excited for you. The energy is palpable with you and your squad. I definitely love being a part of that environment. Being able to be a part of that environment is is very unique, and I love that I can be just a little aspect of what you're bringing to this program. So thank you for allowing me to learn from you, learn about you, and be able to share this with everyone watching. So, yeah. Thank you, LJ. I really appreciate it. More than just a, a little part for sure. Lucky to have you, and I'm very lucky to be at Moravian, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I had so much fun talking with Caroline Pape the head coach of the women's lacrosse program. 
We had the opportunity to reflect on her past as a student athlete, then her first season as the Greyhounds women's lacrosse head coach that included a trip to the Landmark Conference Tournament as well. Be sure to follow the women's lacrosse program on social media at MoravianWLAX on Instagram. That's at MoravianWLAX on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow Moravian University Athletics as well on all social media platforms. That is all I have for you on this episode of the Hound Subtle Podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.